everybody. Welcome to episode two of Low Earth Orbit. I'm Justin Voss. Scott Stevenson. Steve Marmon. And uh, this is a weekly show about nerd pop culture. We talked about a lot of different things. Our last episode was about a movie. Um, and in this episode and other episodes, we'll talk about books, uh, video games, possibly TV shows, just kind of whatever um, catches our fancy. We've got a grab bag of topics for this particular episode. Um, so why don't we start with Scott? What do you got? Uh, okay, I was drinking. Um, so they, let's see. So E3 came around, and Justin and I were looking at all the stuff they announced uh, for from Sony and from Microsoft for Xbox and, and PlayStation. And I don't know if we were both, I'm trying to remember if we were both as amped about it, but I'm super amped. For Assassin's Creed 4. You're really amped. I'm really amped for Assassin's Creed. Every time I see a trailer, I'm like, this is awesome. Because it's, like <laughs> it's like Pirates of the Caribbean, but like mixed in the video game. And like everything looks awesome about it. Music looks awesome. It's going to be a next-gen platform. So the graphics look really super cool. And there's like underwater stuff. So what I'm doing now is I played... We both, Justin and I both played Assassin's Creed 1. I think I kind of talked you into it a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. So I'd only played one as of... I think I played like... Maybe up to two years ago, but like some, something like a year ago. And everybody said, no, Assassin's Creed 2 is much better and they get way better. Um, so I'm currently playing Assassin's Creed 2 and it is way better than the first one. Nice. Like I think everyone had said, and I think this is accurate in retrospect, which is that Assassin's Creed 1 was kind of like proof of concept. Mm. And there was just, I, I mean, it was a cool idea, but it was like repetitive and that yes. there was only four things you would do. Yeah. You would do, I, I can't even remember what they were. You can, it was like, you can interrogate people, which yeah. you just basically right. beat yeah. people up until they give them the information right. you want. You can pickpocket people. Yep. You can eavesdrop on conversations. And or... I think you could, like, just flat out fight, right? But wasn't there, like, a beat up? No, maybe it was or, like, just defend the... somebody? I think maybe it was four. Just three. Yeah, anyway, it was very repetitive. Yeah. And it was like, you would be, like, traveling through, and it was like, what, the Third Crusade, I think, was the time period? It's pretty old school. I think I actually told you, and I'm trying to remember what it was. But it was... Are there, like, multiple time periods? Yeah, yeah. But the first one one was just the one. Yeah. My my brother, like, knew nothing about history or the world or anything about all of this. And and then, like, and then I got back from, like, this trip, you know, and then he was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I really want to visit Florence because I want to see this, this, and this. And I'm like, how do you know any of this? (laughs) You don't don't know anything about the world. Yeah. So this is is me. So, so, So the first one took place in, I, I want to say it was the Third Crusade. I might be a little bit off on it's that. probably about right. Yeah, and it was, you know, vaguely Middle East. Some, or no, actually, no. They call it specifically. It was places. absolutely the Middle East. I mean, it, he goes to... Um, I'm trying to remember that, actually. It's, I think, so I think Akra, Jerusalem is in there. And he, I think he maybe goes to Jerusalem. Yeah. He goes to... Um, I'm going to totally draw a blank on it. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. it is... It, yeah. So, so the... I mean, if anybody doesn't know what Assassin's Creed is, it, it's an interesting idea because there is sort of this historical element, but it's grounded in current time. The yeah. idea is that there's a, a current day individual, there's there's this, these two factions that have been warring over the eons, mm-hmm. which is uh, the Templars and the Assassins, and the main character is an assassin. And the game is sort of him exploring his past. The, the conceit of the game, which is you have to stretch your imagination a little bit, is that you are your memories of your ancestors are in your DNA. Right. So the idea is that they're trying to extract certain parts of that memory so that they can sort of advance their their world goals right. and so he's you as the player are going back through those memories and sort of yeah. reliving those moments and it's actually kind of a cool little twist on on the idea anyway so we just and i both played the first one and i think we both thought it was like kind of cool you mm-hmm. know but it was a little repetitive and i finished it i think we both finished it yeah i finished it um i think we finished it roughly the same time yeah it might have been it was yeah. pretty close yeah so anyways the second one since since we're well you know it's been out for 
years. I think it's safe to say, you know, kind of what happened. So mm-hmm. the second one takes place in Italy, and I'm maybe like a third of the way through right now. But everything is better. So there's far less repetitive elements. Really? There's, um, I would say, basically universally, like the voice acting is vastly better. And another interesting concept that they mixed in is in addition to sort of like running around the city sandbox style, like doing different things, you actually end up in this, one of the towns is like your home. So what happens is you will like, you go in initially and it's all like run down and the guy that you're, you know, your uncle, I guess is the, the person that owns the land. He says, you know, yeah, this place is really run down. So part of your job in the game is to sort of invest in the city because mm. initially there's basically no occupants. So they're saying, well, if you, if you, you know, pay to upgrade the art shop and you pay to upgrade the bank and people will show up and that increases the sort of every 20 minutes they give you more money in your account so you can buy oh. things so you can buy like weapons and different stuff so there's sort of this cool secondary storyline going on while you're you're doing the main storyline which is nice because it gives you a break from just like yeah doing the, the minute-to-minute stuff so i think okay, that's, that's super cool. cool so it's like city building so it's kind of mixed in yeah it's, and it's, it's funny that so it sounds like there's this whole like financial like empire building mm-hmm. sort of thing component which is really interesting for like the historical standpoint because i think that renaissance italy was built on all these like financial innovations like they basically like invented a whole bunch of banking concepts like at around that time I, like, steve might know better yeah well <laughs> he's I, the most cultured yeah, among yeah. us well I was, I, there's this documentary uh, we're saying things yeah. <laughs> there's, there's this documentary about like the, the history of money and you know one of the places they start is in like renaissance italy because that's where because you know the whole deal is that like you know the catholic church wouldn't let them lend money at interest that was a sin. Right, yeah. You know? This is actually and in the game. Yeah, yeah, and that's why all the Jewish people were bankers is because, you know, Judaism was like, yeah, you can lend money in a church. No problem. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, but, like, and, you know, but then there was this Italian family who sort of, like, skirted around it because they're like, well, we're not technically lending money to interest. We're buying and selling currencies with a commission or something. I don't know. It's some twisty thing, and it sort of set the stage for all finances ever. But, yeah, they, but anyway, so there's all this financial stuff happening in the real Renaissance Italy. So it's cool that your character kind of gets to participate in that. So, so yeah, so the funny thing about it, this is kind of true with the first one, but there's it's way more flushed out in, in the second one. And this is really funny because I don't know how, you know, a lot of people play this game and I'm really late coming in to playing the game. But uh, the interesting thing is it's almost impossible to play the game and not learn a significant amount of Renaissance Italy. That's that awesome. Because I just didn't, I mean, it's you know, you're, you're sort of force-fed some of it in school. And just at that point in time, at least me, I wasn't really that interested in that. I mean, I was interested conceptually in it, but the way it was delivered wasn't that interesting. And just to progress in the game, Mm -hmm. you have to have some sense of like, you know, oh yeah, these warring factions and there's these different states and, you know, the financial thing is actually a pretty big thing. You know, they're bankers. The parents, the parents, the the family of the main character you're playing is a banker, Mm -hmm. even though he has this sort of this, you know, that's his Mm -hmm. like, his Bruce Wayne and his Batman is this assassin's. Uh, and at, the, at the time, Italy was not one country. Like, probably Venice was yeah. still its own country. And there's a, lot, actually, it's a series of countries, oh. actually, at the time, you know, or city-states, really, you know, that were actually all sort of, you know, at various points at war and alliances with each other. And yeah, stuff. so and, that and, comes up. And it, it's, it's just fascinating how much... I mean, even if you just forget a... Even if the gameplay was exactly the same, which right. it isn't, there's this whole other element, which is really fascinating, which is that you're kind of getting in bite-sized chunks, kind of like five paragraphs at a time, Pretty detailed history about Italy, and it's all modeled after, as far as I know, I don't know how accurately, but it's, I think in theory, it's at least actually modeled after the geography of the of the region. Oh, cool! Um, so you're kind of like walked through each of these things, and it's interesting because they really are very subtle about the way that they have historical elements. Like Leonardo da Vinci is a key character in the game. Mm-hmm. You encounter these uh, codex pages that they call, which are basically the fictional part of the history about your family and like the, the conspiracy and all this other stuff. But to do anything with them, you have to take them to Leonardo da Vinci. 
and they sort of like expand the role of the character in the game, which to me, I had this like major aha moment, which is that it may be the only action adventure game that has ever featured Leonardo da Vinci as a main <laughs> character, which is totally fascinating. Is it maybe the only game that's featured Leonardo da Vinci as a character? But, it's, it, but the thing that's cool about it is like, so there is some cuts, I mean, it's actually pretty light on cutscenes, but the voice acting is so good. You know, not not maybe not quite at sort of feature film level, but way better than any other video game. That it's, I, it is better. I thought the first actually had pretty decent. Voice it's acting. really good. It's it's surprising, and I'm constantly I forget about it. And then there's some cutscene like God, these guys are really. Good. I mean, better than most TV shows. I mean, yes. it's really well wow. done, particularly with the key characters like Leonardo da Vinci. They really sell it well. This just reminds me of like uh, another movie that maybe we should talk about sometime, but which is uh, Pirates in an Adventure with Scientists. That's and, the, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and how, so Steve like, and I have seen it. I've not seen it. Justin has not seen it, but we're trying to convince him to see it. Yeah. Maybe I should mention the historical character that makes a stunning and completely unexpected appearance in that movie as well. No spoilers. All okay. right, so I won't All say right. what it is. But All right, but we'll put that on the th- list. This just reminds me of it. You so, know. Yeah, so Pirates... Like, there's another movie which I'm sure makes only... This is the only appearance he ever makes <laughs> in any movie, in any like children's, vaguely oh, children's-oriented right, yeah. movie yeah. ever. Interesting. Now uh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> so we, when you do like a... Because they also did Arthur Christmas, yeah. which was one of those which I thought was like... Oh, the same people? Yeah, yeah. We need to do like a whole like, like, like Arthur's movie. It's like, true. Like episode, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it, Have you seen Arthur Christmas? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 Man, I, I, I haven't seen that either. I need to see that. It's, it's, it was. It, I saw it. it. I think I, you probably had the same reaction I what I did, which is that oh, it's one of these sort of DreamWorks. You know, yeah, it looks sort of, like that. It trailer. looks like it. Yeah. It's really good. No, 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 it's no, incredibly no, it's good. good. But anyway, so just so the Assassin's Creed thing. So the, the acting is really good. It has like legit historical, you know. Stuff to back it. It's not just sort of. I mean, they they weave in some fictional stuff just to, to make the the game thing work. Mm. But there's quite a bit of back history. And as you're going through, and you're like building up your city. You're like getting a sense of yeah, this is actually you know what this what this was like. So it's pretty cool. You know, I started playing the game just as a means to sort of understand the story. By the time I play four, mm-hmm. but I'm like realizing this is really super cool. And from what I know about, um, so there's actually there's the first one. And then there's sort of three entries in the Assassin's Creed 2 section. So there's there's Assassin's Creed 2 proper, there's Brotherhood, and then there's Revelations. And those three kind of are are their own... You kind of have to play all three to get the whole story, right? Yeah, I had asked ahead of time on Twitter, I was like, you know, years ago, asked, you know, do I need to play Assassin's Creed 1 to appreciate the other ones? People were like, well, if you want to know what the story is, yes. So I sort of took that... Mm. You know, and ran with it, and so yeah, it does make a lot more sense. The opening scene in particular makes a lot more sense if you played one. Right. So I'm actually, everything else aside, I'm actually, it's a pretty awesome game. Yeah. Even right. though it's like, I think it's 2009 when it came out, so yeah. most games don't age that well in that period of time, right. but it's it's still among the best games I think that are available today. Nice. So I'm excited to play the next one, and three is uh, you know is based in the Revolutionary War, which is something probably you're not directly aware of. Steve isn't aware of. But the, you know these three kind of take place around the same period of Renaissance, and they, you know, Assassin's Creed Two, Brotherhood, and Revelations all focus on Ezio, who's the the Italian character. Um, three takes place during the Revolutionary War, and it's a Native American who's sort of, I think I think he's, his alliances. I haven't looked really super closely, but I think his alliances are kind of split between the Revolutionary Army and the um, Native Americans. Mm, okay, so he's there's sort of something interesting going on there. But four looks. Awesome. Yeah. Four every like, every time I see it, it's just it's super cool. Is is four exclusive to the new console? No, it, uh, oh, okay. no, 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 it's on everything. It's oh, everything. okay. But it's just going to be obviously more over the top. Right. They kind of hinted at the fact that like this time, I think for the first time, there's underwater stuff going on. So in the past, usually you just die if you went in the water. Yeah, and right? that you yeah. just nothing happened. But the right. the most recent trailer I saw for four was that you would dive like in a diving bell, 
and you would actually oh. go underwater and like find these like underground caves and dig up pirate treasure. Literally, oh my God, yeah, that's awesome. no, everything looks awesome. <laughs> There's like period accurate like pirate ships, and you're like having pirate. Uh, you know, pirate ship battles on the sea, and there's storms, and just like, yes, this is awesome. Oh my gosh! Okay, so, you're, you're giving me the heart zone on this. This sounds really good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm right now. I mean, if anybody's interested in like sort of following along, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I'm like about a third of the way through Assassin's Creed Two, and okay. I'm just planning just to play enough to be. I think, I think four is coming out around Thanksgiving time because I think that's PlayStation something. Four is coming. I think around Thanksgiving time, so I think it's going to be one of the launch window titles. Wow. So anyway, thanks. That's mine. Yeah. Steve, you had a book you wanted to talk about? Uh, yeah, well, I just sort of started it. Um, I, I formerly just finished reading a very long book. Uh, I read, finished reading um, Neil Simmons' Scriptonomicon, which on iBooks from uh, is like 4,444 pages long. Which is longer than the like, physical printed version, you know? Because like, the pages are a bit smaller on iBooks. But there's like... Four, wait, what was the number? 4,444 pages. It was really easy to tell percentage uh, I was all the way through, you know? I see. So he filled 44 pages. <laughs> is that deliberate? Uh, anyway. but, uh, but yeah, so it was really long slog. And it took me like forever to get through this book. And so I, I wanted to do something sort of like... Short and refreshing, and you know, and uh, different. And so, I had read this book before um, by this this author, Mary Roach, one of my favorite authors. Well, at least based on her first book, I loved it. One of my favorite books. It's called Stiff, uh, the the, um, the the curious life of human curious lives of human cadavers. Highly recommend it. <laughs> Amazing. Really, it's it's fantastic. And and she basically like you know like what happens to human cadavers. And she just, and she like you know she likes you know from like the moment people die like all the way through all the different things that can happen to them afterwards like people they come crash test dummies or you know the their what? organs get stolen or all the things that can happen to you like and all the history of What's like how many cadavers. Uh, it's called Stiff. It should be called Death Cycle. <laughs> what? Life Cycle, Death Cycle. Oh. Yeah, that's really bad fun. So I had a vision of like a really cheesy 70s porn. Nicholas Cage is in the remake. <laughs> Double feature with cycles and Hobo with a But that sounds interesting too. No, but. it's it's really, really good. I read that a few years ago and I and I loved it. And I, I have it on my shelf somewhere. Like I, and so I I her next book um, is called Bonk, uh, The Curious Coupling of Science and Sex. And I, I kind of wanted to read it for a while because I, I love her book so much. But then I was like, I don't really want to carry this book around. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> is it a new book or is it? Actually, it, no, it's not that new. I mean, she has a brand new book that just came out about about the human digestive system. Um, <laughs> wow, I love this author. Yeah, this sounds no, great. She actually, is, she's it's so funny, and she, she and part of the, the great thing about her is that she is such. She, she managed to take these topics that are just like off the ball and kind of gruesome, and then mm-hmm. like she like and she makes them so hilarious. Like I remember like reading Stiff. And I lay in bed reading it, and poor light, like, could not get any sleep. Like, <laughs> I'd be laughing so hard, like, and it'd be like two in the morning, and like, what are you doing? Like, go to sleep. I'm reading about dead people. It's <laughs> like, hilarious. And, and she would like, <laughs> and then and then she walked read it and loved it herself as well. Like, I mean, she's it's so funny. She's like, you know, just like goes through all the history of it and stuff. And so she she does the same thing again with this book on basically this. It's not the history of like. So it's not about sex and, like, you know, like, the mechanics of it or anything. Mm. It's about, like, the science of studying sex, which is actually, like, a much more sort of, like, troublesome enterprise. (laughs) 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 Because it's so stigmatized and so, like, difficult to get funding for and stuff. And and the people that, like, are willing to persevere in this enterprise are, like, generally very interesting people. (laughs) And so, like, she, like, digs up their, like, journals and, like, goes and interviews them and, like, you know, and and it's just, like, and, and then goes and, like, 
you know, and one of the funny, funny things about funny things about her is as a as an author, she gets really really into these topics. And so, like when she was writing Stiff, she like goes in and she like you know she gets to try out like what is it like to be you know a um, a medical student where you basically have to practice on cadavers, you know? And, and so she like goes in and she like slicing up eyeballs and stuff, you know, and like <laughs> <God>. <laughs> and the same kind of thing happens here. Like you know, there's this whole thing, you know, like for the longest time, like you know, human genitalia was like one of like, the least like basically utterly ununderstood organs of the entire body, you know, because obviously like it was like it was, it was really taboo to study them. And so, like, you know, all these people had to, like, have these all crazy reasons and these crazy, like... And then, like, the people that were sort of willing to do this had to invent these, their own crazy inventions for, like, studying these things. Like, how do you see inside of these organs, particularly, like, when they are in action? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, they like, put these crazy... They went to these crazy machines and stuff, too. And so, she, like, tries them out herself, you know? Like, reports back. <laughs> oh, and, like, my God. <laughs> this is amazing. And so, so it, it, this is, like, a really great thing to read in iBooks because no one can tell that you're reading this book. <laughs> Because <laughs> you know, or or Kindle or whatever it is, your, your particular you know, right, book, right. you know, you know, format. So wow. anyway, um, it, it's like I, I, I so far I've only gotten like read the first two chapters. I think I just I just started this this weekend. Um, this this new uh, bonk. I'm not like, very far into it, um, but so far it's really good. I'm not quite as good so far as, as Stiff is. I definitely would recommend starting there. Okay, uh, maybe it may improve with, with time. Um, but uh, it's you know like she's one of these authors that like I think I'd read anything she would write because she's such a, she has such an entertaining style you know and and she's so earnest and when she's like these, these really awkward things you know that she's like probably feeling as awkward as you are you know, <laughs> at the same time as she's writing this but she just barrels on through you know and and um, you know she like she's always has like, these kind of cutouts to, like her, 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 so basically her, so her husband's point of view because she's like you know she's married and like <laughs> she's this husband and like she like, he like discovers these various things that like. <laughs> You know, she's, you know, this various, like, research that she's, like, bringing home, you know, and these various, like, inventions that she ordered in the mail as part of her, like, research. And she gets sort of, like, this, like, you know, entertaining sideline with his perspective as well, just as related to her. Um, And, uh, anyway, it's, I think I'd recommend anything that that she writes, actually. Um, But, um, anyway, that's that's kind of what I'm reading reading so far. That's awesome. Um, So, the the new, new one, is that a Just Attract one? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's and, called Guts, I believe. Okay. Um, so, and you haven't read it yet? No, I haven't. I, Stiff, I, so, Blanc, and Guts. Yeah, okay. if you want to get a, a flavor of her work without reading like one of her one of her books, uh, she was on the most recent Radio Lab podcast. Also, oh, amazing podcast. podcast. No, well, I missed the one before that. Maybe there's one after it. Uh, there's basically one which is also about the digestive system, and they bring mm-hmm. her on board on, as a guest. Okay, um, and um, she talks about um, like these she talks about these cows. That, that 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 they that they have for medical students for like understanding the digestive system and um, like holes in them, right? Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the, you listen to this podcast? I, I, well, I haven't heard the podcast, but I, I've seen videos of these cows in action. They're just cows that are like they have yeah, a hole. In the, they have a hole in the side. Put of kind of hole in the side and sort of put a little O ring in there so it won't close up. And you just reach inside and play with cow guts exactly in a, in a and, living and, cow. And so in the podcast, they bring her as a guest, and she like as she did this. I mean, in, in the style of rest of her book, she like she stuffed her hand in this cow and she talked about like, what it feels like and stuff. And oh my god, it, it's, it's like a really it's a really amazing podcast. I mean, they, they also like you know they got this guy that like. Um, I'm thinking about, I mean, like, find this journal of this guy that, like, was one of It's not beyond the... <laughs> yeah, what she's saying. He didn't literally yes, dig him up. In, 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 <laughs> she might have. Not more digging up than in, uh, than in uh, this podcast. Um, but where, like, there's this, there's this guy that was, like, you know, he was in the, you know, like, I think it was in San Francisco or somewhere, in, like, in, in the West, in the frontier during the gold rush. And he was uh, accidentally shot by a shotgun. Like, not intentionally, but, like, shot by, you know, someone accidentally mm-hmm. shot him in the, in the chest with a shotgun. And so this, this doctor sewed him up. Um, but he never completely, completely healed. And what ended up happening is he ended up with basically a flap on his stomach, which, which we could then peel open what? and see his guts inside. Like, no. it's, it's into his stomach. Absolutely not. And he could close it out. 
Nope. Just in this video that exists. Nope. And he like continued to live this way in his life. And so there's, there's this, this guy. Can you imagine being that guy at a party? They're like, let me see the flap. Really? <laughs> Again? <laughs> Haven't you seen my stomach enough times? This is exactly, this is totally and his life. He's here. <laughs> That'd be the worst <laughs> That wouldn't happen to him. What would the TSA do? <laughs> like, uh, can I put the wand in there, sir? I'd prefer if he didn't. <laughs> so, like, unfortunately, this, the guy that, like, this guy, you know, he was fixed up by this doctor who became really sort of fascinated by this, his particular sort of, you know, predicament. And decided, and was really, like, fascinated by, like, became, because of this, of sewing this guy up, became fascinated in the, in the, in the stomach. And so he convinced this guy to be his manservant because he like you know sort of the same mold and you know the weird condition and stuff. And so he convinced him to be his manservant around his house in exchange for basically he would, he would take things, attach them to a string, and then put them in the, <laughs> the in the stomach. I, I'm now in <laughs> Justin's camp of me doing this. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely he, not. I, but I have to hear the end. So what does he do with them? He puts them on a string. He puts them on a string, puts the stuff in, and waits, and, and, and then he goes to see how long will, how long it will take to digest. So put cheese in there and see like well cheese takes like an hour to digest, and so then he'll put like he. He eats them with no, the string he, he, he puts the flap up, puts this, dips the, 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 the food attached to the string uh-huh. into the guy's stomach, closes the flap. The guy's, the hole goes all the way into his stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah into the stomach. It's not just the skin, it's in the no, stomach. No, it's in the stomach. Holy smokes. So then it's like, like to digest for a while, you know, and then it's like, figures out how long it takes to digest all these things. And he puts everything in there. He puts like mice in this guy's stomach. <laughs> <laughs> and the poor guy gets like sick sometimes. Of like, he does. You know, like, and it's a horrible existence for this guy, you know, and then like, and then and they, they were trying to figure out like, well, how, like, like at the, at the time, like and this is like in you know the mid like uh, like nineteenth century, they didn't really know how the stomach worked, mm. and so like you know they they you know it's this crazy like sort of magical organ you know, and they weren't even sure like could, can things digest outside the stomach like the stomach like, some special properties of the stomach you know, and this guy like made huge breakthroughs in the field like he like he like watched what's happening like he noticed like he basically discovered digestive like fluids you know and he like tasted them and of course and he's like oh they're kind of salty you know like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and uh, that's what you do in yeah, of course. <laughs> taste digestive well we food. haven't tried so so anyway, it's all, it's, it's all kind of covered in much greater depth than the in the Radio Lab podcast. Wow. But uh, her, her book is also on this topic, and so she kind of just kind of you know you know chimes in here and, and <laughs> that poor guy. Her experiences. Um, I mean, thank you for science, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, man. So anyway, uh, so wait, wait. I, so I have one quick like potpourri question since we're on that topic. Sure. The Muppets movie two trailer. Uh huh. Since you're the biggest Muppets fan among us, are you excited? I'm sort of excited, and the, in the fact that like the first trailer was clearly homage to the first Muppets movie, and, you know, and the second, and the second which is about like basically this big road trip and getting the gang together and kind of this whole origin story. Now it's just kind of like getting back together for the, the new Muppets movie, uh, and so the, and then the second movie now is sort of like it feels like an homage to the Great Muppet Caper, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I, I don't know if it will be, but basically I mean, the, the title and the fact that it's in London again. And, I'm trying to remember what the subtitle is. Uh, it's Muppets. What is the name? The, the title. We should have looked it up beforehand. But yeah. Anyway, anyway. It's, it suggests caper. Yes. <laughs> okay. So that's the official. I, I haven't seen the trailer at all. I didn't oh, know there okay. was a trailer. Yeah. So I'm sort of like hopeful that they're going to kind of keep the same sort of you know you know sort of style and then again kind of you know you know drop on the second film. I mean, I don't want to just kind of like repeat exactly what they did in the last movie, but it seems like you know it seems promising. I saw I saw a couple of the little takes from it, and even the trailer, I was kind of cracking up. Like, there's some really funny moments just in the trailer that I don't remember having... I mean, the first one was weird because there were, like, so many trailers. Because so many of the trailers were just, like, spoofs of other trailers, which is really awesome. But uh, I don't... Like, the proper trailer for the first one, I don't remember really having, like, 
moments where I was really laughing. I was like just fascinated with the idea that they were making a Muppets movie. But with this one, I was like, I need to see this because it looks absolutely hilarious. Like way more than the first one. Oh, really? The, the first one, I mean, it was funny, but like the most of the value I got out of it, because I, I don't have all the back. I didn't see, I think, most of the other Muppet movies. But the value I got out of it was like the sentimental moments kind of where like they were yeah. walking to a Kermit's office and like all this stuff. Yeah, I But it wasn't it. as, I mean, there were funny moments, but it wasn't like a funny movie necessarily for me. But, like, this seems like it might be, like, just legitimately flat-out hilarious. And you haven't seen it, and we should have thought about watching it before we started <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> anyway, I was just curious. I've got a great picture now in my mind of what this trailer is like. Uh, so, um... Justin's book thing is... Yeah, I've, uh, I'm very close to finishing the game Guacamelee, uh, which, for anyone who doesn't know, is a PlayStation 3 game uh, that's only available on PlayStation Network, which I guess is, like, the PlayStation version of the App Store. Also on Vita, though. On the oh, it is? Yeah, you're right, it is on yeah. Vita. Um, but I guess probably, I'm not sure how to describe it. I think the way that the developers describe it is that it's like a side-scrolling Metroidvania brawler, which... Yeah, that's yeah. that's about right. Yeah, but I mean, basically the gist of it is that it's a 2D game, you know, you're looking at it from the side, like, you know, as if it's like, you know, Super Mario Bros. or something, and, um, you are a luchador in sort of a mythical version of Mexico, and you just, you know beat the crap out of enemies for the whole game. You learn all these crazy wrestling moves and do all these combos, and it's it's a lot of fun. And there's this really awesome sense of humor through the whole game. Like, the guys who wrote the game clearly, you know, one, <clears throat> really love video games because there's a lot of references to, like, other video games yeah. in the game. It's totally meta that way. Yeah, and they also really love just, like, internet nerd culture because you go through it and you're like, oh, I've seen all these jokes on Reddit before. This is pretty funny. Like, yeah. there's, like, Grumpy Cat and yeah. there's, like... You know, uh, insanity wolf, and but like, all in Spanish. Yeah, yeah, and you know, they, and they they twist them to make them fit in the theme. You know, but but anyway, so I'm most I'm most of the way through the game. I have yet to play the final boss, but I think that's pretty much the only thing I have left. So now I'm kind of like being the completionist that I am, and like now that I've unlocked like all of the moves and I've unlocked like all the areas, I'm like going back through and I'm like trying to gather up all the pieces of heart or like gather up all like the little stamina like pieces or whatever, so I can get like all the super moves before I go to the very end, but. It's been a lot of fun. Like, I just sort of recently got back into it because um, I started playing it basically the same time uh, Scott did because you recommended it to That's me. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just sort of, I got, I don't know, maybe three quarters of the way through or halfway through. Actually, that was weird that, because... It's the spot that you're at now. Yeah, but it was funny because I, re- I heard about it. I recommended it to you. I didn't start playing it. You started playing it and then you like... This is how all of the self-recommendations are. Yeah. Like, you have to do this thing, and I do this thing. Like, What's amazing is like, oh, okay, I'll do it too. He's like, wait! <laughs> this is I have to deploy agents <laughs> to find out if it's actually yeah. good. This is all, this is all <laughs> a secret scheme. Yeah. 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 He avoids bad things by making us try them first. <laughs> it works great! <laughs> but I think literally the next some, like the next day or the next couple days, you came back and you're like, you need to play this oh, game. But it's amazing. It's, it's amazing, great. yeah. So we've yeah. both been playing it. Uh, and I think we, we were at the same point for a while. As, like, about a week ago, I think yeah. we were at exactly the same point. And I started playing point. Assassin's Creed 2. And you started game. playing Assassin's Creed 2, and yeah. I started finishing Guacamelee, and now I'm close to I think this is like, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm cutting you off a little bit. Okay, yeah, so I think it's easy to recommend. Like, if you have a PlayStation 3, you need to at least try it. Oh, it's like, yeah. It's $10 or something, and it's... Yeah, 10 or 15 yeah. It's phenomenally well, like, animation, art direction oh. is stunning. Yeah. Like, even if you just send it for the art direction, you should yeah. check it out. The animations are super good. It's not voice, so it's like old Nintendo style yes. where it's like text. Um, but it, it, I mean, it doesn't really detract from anything. But it's super funny, mm-hmm. super like current, like really current references, like incredibly current references. But also some like old school references to like Mario Brothers and Link and or Zelda and that kind of stuff. Uh, and like just tons of fun. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I need to get back into it. I 
I think I'm probably going to now that you're further into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's there's so there's so many things like you can't believe that they had time from when they started the game to when it actually shipped uh-huh. to incorporate like some of the current pop culture reference. I'm trying to think of some really good examples. Oh but yeah, it's not just stuff from like three years ago. Right? No, it's no, like, no, yeah, it's, it's like Grumpy Cat is pretty current. Yeah, 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 and you're like, how did they slip that in there at the last minute? But some like of the Castle Crashers, there's Castle Crashers. Oh, yeah, that's on? right. Yeah, some of that stuff. I mean, to be fair, a lot of those things are like billboards in the background. Where yeah, it's like that's one, true. Yeah. one guy at like the, at the eleventh hour, like literally the day that they <laughs> ship, stuck something in the back. One guy opens up Photoshop and like puts together like six billboards and they scatter them throughout the game. Yeah, and that's they're, true. You know, they're up to the date, like the day that they ship. So, yeah. but but anyway, but that sense of humor like throughout the game and like. I don't. There's not really any fourth wall breaking, but like they, but the characters are all definitely like sort of like you know they're not genre blind, right? Like they I'm definitely they yeah. kind of like know the tropes of like what they're you know what yeah. I mean? Like they well, they, 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 they poke make, fun at like the plot itself. And yeah, stuff. like yeah, that's yeah. yeah. It's some, I feel like there was one. Maybe I'm thinking a different game, but I thought there was some point where they're saying. Or maybe something you were telling me where it's like, you know, well, you can press the X button. I don't know why I just said that, you know, because it's supposed <laughs> like, to be in the context of the... Oh, yeah. I don't know. That game? might have been a different game. That. Well, uh, the, it's that kind of humor, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, Portal 2 did that. Have you played Portal 2? I have. That's my list of shame. Oh, I played man. one, but not Por- two. Portal 2 is funny. You haven't played any of the Portal No. So Portal 2 is really funny because at the very, very beginning of the game, during, like, the little tutorial phase, you know, most games, it'll be like... Press you know X to jump and then, oh, like, you press X and, and, your, and your character jumps and you're like okay now I know how to jump. But in Portal Two, sort of the you know the gist of the story is that your character has sort of been like some sort of like induced coma or something for like months, and so they wake you up and you're like okay we need to make sure that everything's still sort of working here. So uh, press X to say Apple and then you press X and your character jumps. <laughs> and they're like press X to wave your arms over your head. Press X and your character jumps. And like um. You may have a slight case of extreme brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> so it was cool that they could like sort of acknowledge like you know the tutorialness of the beginning. I don't know, that was kind of cool. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, the uh, I, yeah, I need to play. There's so many like pop culture references that seem to pop out of Portal. Strangely enough, because it, it didn't seem like that would be the, the case, but it's it got so popular that yeah. people just refer to it all the time. It's like one of those things where you don't see like a really popular movie, and it's like. I don't get that reference. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I should, so but I'm in that mean, camp. Which portal, both or just well, two, well, both. I mean, but there's certainly things that are in two that nobody, you know, somebody will kind of call out, and I'll be mm-hmm. like, I don't understand that. So it's like one of those. Well, there's the, there's the whole Cape Johnson character who is fantastic. Like Portal Two is worth playing just so that you can hear all of his dialogue. Right. Yeah. That that was the. I remember when Portal One came out, and the the interesting thing is like it's it's basically a it's a puzzle game. Yeah. You know, with physics and that kind of stuff, but. Like they didn't have to do the funny part. Like it, they could have, it could have been a ridiculously successful game without the humor. And it just happens that it has really hilarious writing, yeah. which was like a really interesting thing. And that was probably what took it from a really good popular game to like cult status mm-hmm. was that it had this other element that just it, it, like you think about, it, you call it out all the time. It's like you you reference it. So yeah. you would love it if it wasn't for like it was three D. It'd be incredible. I, 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 play, I, play, I played it for like the first five minutes. And I have yeah. to stop. I can't, I can't go anymore. <laughs> I, I actually feel that way about a lot of first-person games. Like, I mean, I what was I playing? I got the new. So they remade Goldeneye. What? Uh, yeah. So you know, yeah. So they like two years ago. Oh, okay. They remade Goldeneye uh, for you know modern consoles, and so I picked it up for PlayStation Three. I'm like, oh man, I loved Goldeneye for Nintendo 64. It was it's gonna the be, one. It's yeah. gonna be so cool for PlayStation Three. I was gonna puke the whole time. <gasps> really? Well, it's so it's by the same guys who do Call of Duty, and I've never really played any Call of Duty games. I'm not really a fan like of, of those games. Um, 
But I was playing through it, and I was just incredibly motion sick, like, the whole time. Wow. I had to return the game. It was so bad. Wow. I was like, I just can't. I got, like, I don't know. I got into the first three level, like, at the beginning of the third level. And I was like, this isn't fun. Like, I'm, I'm having to force myself to sit down and play wow. the game. This is not fun. That's weird. So, I don't know, maybe if you have, like, a stronger stomach for that kind of stuff, it'd be a good game. <laughs> Literally, I've just totally lost my ability to play first-person games. Even playing, I played Bioshock Infinite and kind of had to, like, sort of, like, muscle, really? muscle wow. through a lot of the first-person that, that, games. That's one of those, so we both started playing at the same time, and that's one of those where I just, I, I think I hit one part that was just hard enough. That yeah. I had to keep replaying it, and I have to stop because I have to go do something else. But yeah. I think it's coming actually out on, on Mac, like within uh, the next couple weeks. Have so you finished Bioshock Infinite? Like, no, no. You have to finish it. We can talk about it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we can talk about it here. Exactly. Right. Okay. So um, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, if there's a topic you want to hear about next time, please visit our website, and you can find our contact information. You can drop us a line. And if you like the show, please leave us a rating on iTunes. Thanks. Uh-huh.